0: Welcome to episode number 16 of the Classical Guitar Composers Podcast. As always, I am your host, Chris Hales. Very grateful to have you joining me today amidst the absolute chaos that this world is in over this coronavirus right now. I thought I might put this podcast out a little earlier than usual, because if you're in one of these places where you're not supposed to be going anywhere... I'm hoping that I can make your week a little bit better. I wish I had more episodes to bring you, but I will say this. For what it's worth, the Classical Guitar Composers podcast is open for business. I hope this is a nice escape from it. I'm not going to talk too much about it, although I will say this. I am getting a little concerned about some travel plans I have later this year. Uh, you know, th- that is not to make light of, of those who are sick and those who are experiencing loss over this. I feel absolutely terrible for anyone going through that. For me, it's just a very annoying inconvenience. But, uh, I'm a pretty healthy person. I'm not too concerned about things like this, but I am getting very concerned about my travel plans in May. Last year, I went to Prague, as I, I think I talked about on the show. I had to go out there for work. Spend a little bit of time out there. I really liked it. And I thought I'd like to go back on a vacation and actually get to, you know, see some things and enjoy it. So, you know, been working pretty hard. A lot of extra, a lot of extra stuff trying to, you know, save up for a trip. My wife and I are going over there. And I'm getting a little nervous. Anyway. The last time I was out there, I talked about on the show, uh... You know, like I went to an opera and I like, I went to the little, I went to the Dvorak museum, uh, things like that. You know, I got to see a little bit while I was there, but, uh, I, I tried to particularly see things related to music. Uh, a highlight for me was seeing like the original parts for Beethoven's fifth, um, they actually had the original parts for a few of his symphonies. And things like that, I just totally geek out about. Anyway, so doing things like that, I just totally got in a a mode that I hadn't been in for a while. Um, where I was very excited about composition. And, I mean, I'm always, always loving composition. I just don't always, I'm not always working on a piece. You know, that's just the reality of life for me. I wish I was, but... There's times where I can't even get to practicing the guitar, and when I do compose, it tends to take over, so I kind of go back and forth between composing or, you know, working on some repertoire. So, I left there with a concerto in mind. I mean, I was I was feeling ambitious, right? I'm, I'm going to go home and write this guitar concerto. I started uh, working on some parts just kind of in my mind, thinking of how I wanted it to go. I had some thematic ideas, and... You know, I got home and started working on it, and I was very pleased with what I had so far, but uh, what happened, and I, I think I talked about this on the podcast, but never really finished the thought, maybe I finished the thought, but uh, what happened was, it was a little too ambitious at the time, I was like, I'd rather write something that I'm going to finish. I ended up writing what became The Graveyard Suite, which I played on the halloween episode and uh you know it, it it felt really good to get an entire workout out there um i've started concertos many times <laughs> and uh one of these days i will write a, a concerto and this this one i started writing last year is is definitely it, it's you know, I've had others that I've abandoned. They just they just weren't working. This one's this one's great. It for me, I mean. Uh So, at some point I'd like to get back to that, but the the problem I have with concertos is this. So, I used to play the violin. I eventually had to put it away because I just don't have time to keep up violin chops, but like when I was in college, I played in the orchestra and um I used to compose for the violin quite a bit. The thing that people who play instruments like the violin, uh, any kind of woodwind, any kind of orchestral string instrument, um, versus people who play classical guitar or piano, their disadvantage is that they're playing something that is meant to be accompanied most of the time, with the exception of solo pieces. Most of the violin repertoire, repertoire, I have no idea how to say the word, most of the rep for violin, is meant to be... You know, well, most of it's concertos, really. Um, or sonatas, but they're meant to be accompanied. And so, practicing that stuff is just not as fun because you're only playing half the piece. It's like practicing ensemble music. No one practices their ensemble music as much as their solo stuff, right? So, I have the same problem with... well, Well, okay, so with guitar... You know, I've I've worked on guitar concertos. I, I played uh, the Carulli A major when I was in college, which I actually think is a pretty boring concerto. It's not very exciting. But uh, I've started, you know, working on uh, my favorite concerto, which is the Tedesco Concerto in D. Uh, I, I, I think that concerto is better than the Iran was. That's such an amazing concerto. I'm not going to say it's underrated because... Nobody says it's not good. I think everyone who's heard it would say it's great, but uh, maybe underrated outside the world of classical guitar. Like, you know, everyone knows the Iranwes Concerto, right? Everybody. Uh, But you get outside of classical guitar, and and not many people know the Tedesco Concerto in D. Anyway, I just tend to not want to practice concertos because... They're unaccompanied, you know, when you're practicing. It, it's just not as fun to practice. I always kind of trail off from them. I'd rather play a piece that is complete, that I could perform on the spot, right? And uh, composition kind of ends up being the same way. I used to compose for a lot more ensemble stuff, but I got kind of sick of it because, you know, I compose something for classical guitar. I can perform it. I don't need somebody else to rely on. Although, I will say, it's really neat to have your pieces performed by groups, but I tend to just lean toward solo stuff these days. So anyway, yeah, I'm hoping to get back there, and you know, my travel plans are for the very end of May. I think by then, maybe maybe things will be settled down enough. I hope. I'm also hoping that uh, it will light the same fire in me. I'd like to come back and, you know, compose another piece for the year. A thing about those concertos, if you follow the podcast... Most of you follow the podcast on things like iTunes, Spotify, typical places to find podcasts. A small handful of you um, appear to follow the podcast through YouTube. Um, I have it linked to my YouTube channel so that when I post episodes, it also posts them on YouTube. And so, for those of you that follow me on YouTube... Are you confused about what's going on with my YouTube channel? Because <laughs> I... So, in terms of concerto accompaniment, if you don't follow me on YouTube, if I post... Uh, all the podcasts go up on there. I have very occasional guitar stuff. Quite occasional, not, not much. A lot of my stuff, I actually record accompaniments for concertos and then put them on my YouTube. And... Uh, it's something I kind of started, but uh, I'm, you know, I, I've it's ramped up, then it's died down. And anyway, right now I'm ramping up to do a bunch more. But uh, so far I've only done violin concertos, because I felt like, you know, I, I still love the violin. I still uh, I have a toe. I wouldn't say I have a a leg in that world, but maybe a toe still dipped into that pool. You know, it's a service I want to provide for violinists. You know, so I've I've recorded some accompaniments for them to play to. I've not done any guitar. Get, I've not done any guitar concertos yet because there's just not that many people play guitar concertos. However, I'm going to. At some point, I will be expanding into piano concerto accompaniment, cello concerto, all of it, including guitar. Um, I am curious. I really would like to know this from listeners. Is there a concerto that you would like accompaniment for? Because if I got some emails about it. I, I'm gonna consider what what people are interested in, so uh, preferably something in the public domain. so do, don't say the Iran was because that's that's not happening anytime soon. but uh, that's that's something so that's what's happening with the YouTube page anyway. that all leads me to say that today's music is a guitar concerto, our first ever on the show. and I am excited to be bringing that to the audience. And I will have more on that later. I hope you enjoyed the last episode. We're back to normal again today. I did. Now, as I'm listening back through it, I've realized that uh, Parker and I, we, we... I really did intend for it to be more informative. But both of us are pretty, uh we can just rapidly change directions. And so I don't know that it was the most informative podcast, but I hope it was at the very least enjoyable for you. And if not, we're back to normal today. So, no don't panic. Don't don't run out and raid the shelves. The show is going on as usual. That conversation though was quite a bit longer. Uh I had to trim it down. I had to trim it down in in the places that just made the, the were the easiest to to cut out seamlessly. I actually told Parker a story that I think that you guys might enjoy. And um we'll we'll see where we're at for time by the end of this episode. I might play that story for you. And I I might well yeah. Well, let's see where we get. If not this time, I'll put it in some episode down the road cuz I I think you guys might enjoy it. If not this episode, another one down the road before we get to the music uh, I'm just gonna just a little more of of something that's been on my mind you know I like to give you little windows into my life I think podcasts are better when you know you know you get to know the host a little bit and uh, it's a little little window into my life if you oh and I'm I'm gonna preface this by saying I am not encouraging anyone, young or old, to smoke. All right? All right. Now, if you had been driving around in Spanish Fork, Utah in the mid to late 90s, you know, driving around the back roads, you might have come across a group of idiot teenagers walking around smoking cigarettes like they're cool, right? <laughs> Too cool to even hide it from you. You drive by, yeah, that's right. They're teenagers. They're smoking. You might have seen one with long blonde hair in a Black Sabbath shirt. You might have. So, so I'm driving around the other day in 2020 now. I, I pick my kids up from school. I'm driving amongst the back roads of Springville, Utah, and I see these two teenage girls walking down the sidewalk. Clearly underage. Sucking down some vapes. <laughs> what do you call that? A, a vaping, I guess. These two girls vaping. And I was like, they look so stupid. Is vaping cool? Because here's the thing. Like, like, smoking. Not encouraging smoking. But, you know, smoking looks cool. Okay? You might think it looks ridiculous. It, in it's in in when i was a kid joe camel was very effective let's put it that way okay and i just do people think that people who vape look cool i was just trying to picture snake pliskin at the end of escape from new york going, call me snake and then he sucks in a, a a breath of vape juice from his vape juice box Can you imagine Snake Pliskin. You know, they're, they're trying to get him to, to... They need him. You know, he's a wanted criminal, you know, but, but they need him. So they're offering him an out to go in and, and save the world, you know. Can you imagine if he, he's sitting there and he's like... Sigh. Got a vape juice box. <laughs> it's stupid. It's gross. Oh my gosh, vaping is... is It stinks. Y'all, do you, it stinks. You stink. You stink worse than people who used to smell like ashtrays. Okay? You stink and you don't look cool. And is it really healthier than smoking? Do we really know that? Because I'm not so convinced. See, I'm an ex-cigarette smoker. I smoked cigarettes for years. And uh, I was able to quit with the gum. So I I get it. You know, I, I just switched to gum. I didn't really wean myself with like a step program like the gum encourages you to do. I just, I was just chomping down gum all day long. I got to where, uh, I, I just preferred gum, you know, the, the reason I quit chewing nicotine gum was because it's expensive, you know, eventually, and that was hard. And, and then I found myself for years craving a gum rather than a cigarette. Those days are behind me. I, I might be known to, uh, you know enjoy a pipe once in a great while or an even once in an even greater while you know a nice cigar but uh you know the cigarette days are behind me but but i'm I'm not gonna lie i i kind of like when i see someone smoking i like to just go stand near them and i I like the smell of a burning cigarette i i see people vaping and i'm like be gone anyway little window into my world we all got to agree, right? Snake Pliskin pulling out a vape juice box at the end of Escape from New York. Is that... that just doesn't work, right? Just not... doesn't work. Doesn't work for me. Alright, I'm going to take a short break to bring you this message, and then onward. Hey, like me, are you addicted to sheet music? Then let me tell you about Encoda. Encoda is an app that lets you practice, play, and perform your sheet music. It is a streaming service similar to Netflix and Spotify, with tens of thousands of titles. That's millions of pages of sheet music, available instantly at your fingertips. Subscribers have access to the finest editions from Boozy & Hawks, Baron Rider, Chester, Novello, and many, many more. And they have received praise from Sir Simon Rattle and Joyce D. Donato. And if you're not sure, you can sign up for a free trial. Download Encoda from your app store today. That's Encoda, N-K-O-D-A. N-K-O-D-A. And be sure to let him know that the Classical Guitar Composers podcast sent you. So I got this email the other day from a friend of the show and listener, Scott Niebauer. And all it says is, Eyes of the World. I was like, what the crap? And then I remembered, <laughs> I asked Scott what his favorite Grateful Dead song was. Eyes of the World is the answer for those of you who was, who were uh, anticipating what it might be. It was a good answer. I love Eyes of the World. It's a great song. Uh, I said as much to Scott that um, I, I think it's really hard to narrow down an absolute favorite Grateful Dead song. Ramble on Rose is kind of that song that just spoke to my very core when I was younger. That's the one that just kind of sealed my forever Grateful Dead fandom. I went on a walk the other day and I I put you know, I like to go for a walk, listen to music. Sometimes it's classical, sometimes it's something heavier. Uh, I went with Grateful Dead the other day and man, when, when when you're in the mood for Grateful Dead there's nothing better. There's no other music that matters. If you're in that mood that's that's all there is. So thank you Scott for responding and uh you know I, if i'm not if i'm not careful i could easily turn this show into grateful dead talk so i'm just going to put the brakes on right now and let's get back to the show it is now time to pause the podcast and get yourself a nice tall glass of iced tea and let's get ready to enjoy some music i hope you have some iced tea i don't know if people are rating iced tea i have a sufficient supply of iced tea. I usually go get some once a week. I've not yet... I'm afraid to go look. Are people hoarding iced tea? Maybe not. I gotta tell you, if there was anyone who was gonna hoard iced tea, it would probably be me, right? But I refuse to participate in the madness, so... I wouldn't. I just hope there's some for me when I go to the show. I reached out to a major iced tea company and asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show. <laughs> I've yet to hear back from them. What can you do? I I think it would be, I think it'd be more effective than they're they're giving it credit for. I think I'd be a good it iced tea salesman. All right. Today we are featuring the music of Mark Francis. Mark writes, Chris, Dan Ainsworth told me about your program. Parma Recordings recently re- released my second guitar concerto. I thought this might be of interest to you. He uh, sent me a link, and first of all, thank you, Dan Ainsworth, for spreading the show. Man, make it spread like coronavirus, then we'll really be going. Uh, No, Dan, Daniel Ainsworth, I really appreciate that, featured Daniel's music a while back. I do not recall the episode number right now, but uh, he had some guitar duos, and uh, I very much enjoyed those, so thank you, Dan. you guys spreading the word? It means a lot to me. So, Mark has sent in the guitar concerto number two. So, Mark is not uh, daunted by the task of writing for an ensemble. Uh, Not only has he finished his guitar concerto, he did another one. Now I suddenly feel the urge to get back to mine. (laughs) So this was performed uh mark has shared the program notes with me and so i'm going to go ahead and read uh, these program notes and then we'll tell you a little bit about mark and then we will listen to this concerto oh boy okay so mark being new to the show i am going to warn you that that it has been established that i do not pronounce um things correctly all the time and uh Your title might be a victim of this handicap of mine. Okay. Concerto number two for guitar and orchestra Insomnis Veritas. The concerto number two was written from 2008 to 2010. This work was originally conceived as a single movement with five sections. However, the music had a different idea, and eventually I realized the composition would work better in three movements. The subtitle, Insomnis Veritas, means In dreams there is truth. It is my belief that many people refuse to acknowledge what is true when they are conscious, but can't escape from what they know to be true in their subconscious when sleeping. These things manifest themselves in dreams. Our subconscious will cobble things together in all kinds of strange scenarios. The music tries to depict these cobblings. I'm not entirely sure if the soloist is symbolic of anyone, including myself. There is no specific storyline to the work, the music is intended to be experienced the way one would experience a dream, or a series of dreams. Maybe the soloist is you, the listener, and what you experience through the music. The tempo of the first movement is slow, which sets the stage as our dreamer drifts off to sleep and begins to dream. The opening triplet motif represents breathing. These are gentle dreams filled with longing and nostalgia. The movement is set in a kind of arc form. The tempo of the second movement is faster. We hear motifs from the first movement in a different context, a context where things change rapidly. The form of this movement is ternary. The middle section is slower than the two outer sections and is scored for guitar alone. This section is somewhat more romantic and song-like. Its romance fades back into chaos of the opening section. The coda moves back and forth between fragments of the opening and middle sections. The third movement is faster still, The opening section is full of action, rhythmic energy, and unusual rhythmic groupings that keep changing. The section is interrupted, like the second movement, by a slower middle section. However the music here is not romantic, but surreal. The percussion section plays unusual instruments, the toy piano, a ratchet, and a toy train whistle. Fragments of the theme from the opening section are heard here and there. The guitar returns the movement's opening material alone and at a slower tempo. This forms a transition into the opening material at its original tempo. This time the section is truncated. We hear again a fragment of the romantic theme from the second movement played by the guitar before proceeding to a wild ending. This work was written specifically for Jimmy Turner, guitar, Wayne Linehan, music director, and the Metropolitan Chamber Orchestra of Jackson, Mississippi. This is the fourth composition of mine they have played and the first specifically written for them. All right, very cool stuff. And now I am very intrigued to hear this. So uh, thank you so much for sending this in, Mark. I hope you enjoy the show. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing this concerto. A little bit about Mark. Uh, Mark Francis's career, musical career, has varied from teaching, composing, performing and writing to orchestral administration he has studied composition with walter hartley and james eversole and guitar with joanne castellani claire callahan and joseph fratiani he holds a dma in composition from the university of kentucky and has taught at mississippi state university louisiana school for math science and the arts centenary college northwest state university emory university agnes scott college Midwestern State University and Power Academic and Performing Arts Complex. He has received 10 ASCAP Standard Awards and 7 ASCAP Plus Awards for his compositions. His works have been performed internationally and have been part of the Corcoran Gallery Contemporary Music Series in Washington, D.C. The Jackson State University Orchestra premiered his composition on the words of Martin Luther King Jr., The Trumpet of Conscience, at the Library of Congress in 2007. Connors Publications and Imagine Music publish his compositions. He's frequently contributed to the Contemporary Music Journal, 21st Century Music, reviewing concerts and recordings. He is past president of the Southeastern Composers League and board member for the composition for the College Music Society, South Chapter. Presently, he is executive director of the Corpus Christi Symphony Orchestra. And once again, Mark, thank you so much for sending this in. And thank you, Daniel, for spreading the word of the show. And here is Concerto Number Two for Guitar and Orchestra by Mark Francis. it is very cool stuff very exciting to get our first guitar concerto on the show we've been listening to mark francis guitar concerto number two and with that that's going to wrap up our show Uh, i will save that story for another episode i think this one is plenty long so please be safe out there thank you so much for listening until next time keep on plucking